Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Come on to the dance floor, everybody. We're going to dance. I'm going to go.
Ooh. 
JM in the AM with uh, Dove Hendler and uh, the selection entitled Esau Enai. Lachayim done by Shragi Gestet. Nurse Suki and Ding Productions had the Unity Medley. Figured the day after the uh, Israeli election, we should play a Unity Medley. <laughs> at least, at least uh, hope for Unity. Why not? Uh, Yaakov Shweki's disco set. Um, with um, Shia Burko conducting, and of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Welcome to a Wednesday, everybody, the 2nd of November. Today is Balfour Day, 105 years since the Balfour Declaration. Eighth day in the month of Mar Cheshvan, the year 5783. Tufshin Pei Gimel, they are already saying the same Talamut are in Israel. That starts on Zion Cheshvan. We, uh, we do not say it in Chutzlaaretz. We do not say it in the diaspora until the first week in December. And Rabbi Heber has explained many, many times why it's based on the solar calendar. I just don't remember at the moment. <laughs> so I will, I will hopefully have that information for you between now and the first week of December. JM and the AM, it is a, um, a, a Wednesday morning, the day after the Israeli election. We will have election analysis about a half hour from now. Yossi Baumel is going to join us. He's been with us before post-elections. And uh, he can hopefully uh, shed some light on what was, in many ways, an unexpected night in Israel. And in some ways, expected in fact, I, I actually posted on Facebook that I'm not quite sure how to classify this political comeback by Benjamin Netanyahu. Someone, the first commenter, the first one who commented on that post uh, said, as expected, which is interesting. Um, Netanyahu's lead is stable, according to Jerusalem Post, with just under 85% of the votes having been counted. Um If the parties, according again to the Jerusalem Post, rise above the electoral threshold, or drop below the Knesset mandate, uh, the distribution of the mandates could change. So right now, with that disclaimer, Likud is at 31 seats, Yeshatid at 24. The religious Zionist party under Smotrich, 14, which is really an unbelievable number uh, for them. National Unity Government uh, at 12. Uh, that would be Benny Gantz, right? Yeah, that's Benny Gantz. Shas at 12, UTJ at 12, um, Israel Beitenu at 5. I guess Ayala Chaked did not do as well as she would have liked. Ram and Chadash, those are Arab parties, a total of 10, labor down to 4, and merits at the moment at 0, which is also fascinating historically. Um, Benjamin Netanyahu's Likud party is projected to receive 31 seats according to Wednesday at 10 a.m. Right now it's Wednesday um, at 12.30, right? Six-hour difference, Wednesday at 12.30 p.m. So that was a couple hours ago. Yesh Atid projected at 24, followed distantly by the religious Zionist party led by Itamar Ben-Gvir and Metal Smotrich. They have 14. The Gantz National Unity Party and ultra-Orthodox Shas have 12. UTJ is uh, 8. Yisrael Beitenu Ram and Ayman uh, Odez Hadash Tal are projected to take five. Meirav Michaeli's Labor Party would take four, and Meretz has been unable to pass the electoral threshold with their current counting. So that is the latest. We'll be joined by Yossi Baumel. He will uh, hopefully explain how all of this went. 
and um, Wiley could is enjoying such a, I mean, I don't want to say overwhelming victory, but certainly, and uh, it, it is certainly overwhelming to think that uh, that there would be somebody, a party in a position to actually form a government relatively quickly. And right now, you'd have to assume that uh, that's going to be the case. But again, we'll uh, we'll speak to Yossi Baumel right after the uh, seven a.m. news, top of the hour, and um, see what he has to say. Hopefully, he can explain all of this i am assuming that uh he voted in yesterday's election feel free to comment on the app go to the nsn not home single network app for android and iphone and comment away i can't emphasize enough that here in the united states election day is uh, one week from now actually it's less than a week from now election day is tuesday on the 8th many states have opened early voting i would hope that uh, people will take advantage of that if they're not going to be around on the 8th uh, but um, those of you out there who wonder, and, and no matter where you're tuned in, because I know right now, <laughs> thank God, um, we have people tuned in in New York, New Jersey, Florida, Maryland, Ohio, California. Yeah, even this early in the morning, pretty amazing, huh? Baruch Hashem. Uh, Pennsylvania. Um, and many other states are represented by our listeners at the moment here at JM and the AM. Please keep in mind that there are so many important elections from the most quote-unquote local elections to the tops of the ticket, governor, United States Senate, members of the House of Representatives, members of the House of Representatives. Uh, All of these are critical elections. Make sure to vote. Make our voices heard. This impression that our community, especially in, in the New York area, the impression that we vote and and enjoy a large turnout um, in this area, or really, I would say, any area that has a Jewish community around the United States, is a myth. It's a myth. I know from within, it often seems that that's not a myth and that there's tremendous enthusiasm to go out to vote. It's not the case. So please take the responsibility upon yourself, get out there and vote, and certainly... Um, if you haven't voted by election day, go out there on the 8th, on Tuesday the 8th, and vote before your polls close. Can't be emphasized enough. And who knows, the turnout in Israel may have been the difference. I did see yesterday that it was the largest turnout of all these recent, you know, the the round, the uh, what's the word, the revolving door of, of elections over the last five elections. This was, I believe, the largest of all the turnouts. So... You see that a turnout can certainly make a difference. Uh, so go out there and vote. And if there's early voting where you are, take advantage. About a half hour from now, Yossi Baumel will do some analysis. We'll speak to our friends from Turo University. They have a big event coming up. That's later on in the program. Peter Burkowski is going to join us. The New York City Marathon is this Sunday. There are things you need to know regarding uh, uh, the um, the marathon minion. So we'll talk about that as we have for, for almost the last 40 years. We'll do that in the 8 o'clock hour. Um, Mayor Furtick is going to be sitting in tomorrow, Matis on Friday. And um, we will be out in uh, Chicago for Eitan Zuckerman's Ufruf, and we are very much looking forward to that. More coming up. It is a Wednesday morning broadcast at JM in the AM. Está aquí. 
so they must align For everything there is a time So let's find out from the old fine A little bit of fun is fine Heart and soul they must align Together this one time Let's find the old fine You're the daughter of queens, your queen Nestor's legacy, and you were born 
Princes among men in the service of Hashem. It's a bond that never ends, no. And thank God for that. You are princes among men in the service of Hashem. It's a love that never ends, no. And thank God for that, cause. I'm 
Confident and resolute Not much in life is absolute How the future will unfold Who will win the Super Bowl But in the Igreis Meisha's view One thing you can be sure is true And he wrote it unequivocally There ain't no Bishel in a Kleeslishi Ain't no Bishel in a Kleeslishi Ain't no Bishel in a Kleeslishi Try for all eternity. There ain't no Bishop in a cliche. Clearly show, cliche. Well, there's a different case to see. I could say with positivity. There ain't no Bishop in a cliche. Don't take much to conclude This world has little certitude oh, yeah. In years past, high fat could kill Now it's a diet pill They don't work There are at least two sides in each debate And stocks will always fluctuate yes, But he wrote that it's guaranteed There ain't no Bishel in a cliche Ain't no Bishel in a cliche Ain't no Bishel in a cliche You can try for all eternity but there ain't no Bishel in a cliche scene. Cleary show, cliche name. Well, that's a different case, you see. It's an inescapability. Yeah. There ain't no Bishel in a cliche scene. Why this is so, I know not. Food in that bowl sure seems hot That's no cause to make a fuss It's all about in whom you trust Rev Moshe said that it's a fact Not the farmer's almanac And that's sure good enough for me There ain't no Bishel in a Cleachly She Ain't no Bishel in a Cleachly She Ain't no Bishel in a Cleachly She Don't drive for all eternity In a
There were six hundred people in my little town when they came on that cold winter day. I remember the crying, the running, the smoke, and the boxcars that took us away. We held on to other and spoke words of hope hiding the terror inside there were six hundred people in my little town but I only I would survive I can't still smell the fresh morning bread that I'd buy for mama each day Henyek the baker would first pinch my cheek then hand me a kichel and say Macha broche mein kind we owe it to him very sweet and wherever life leads you never forget sees good to our wine eye Tick and I were two of a kind like brothers the very best of friends playing all day in the streets of the shtetl growing from boys into men we would carry water to all of the shops for only five grush in a pail but first we learned Toyota in our little shoe an hour or two without fail I'll never forget when the shade was red Papa came home with the news Mardi till my sister Oise In no time the match was approved Blessed by the Heilige Rebbe himself A date for the wedding was set And whoever I met for the next week or two Said to me, soon you'll be were set Henyik baked the sweets Schneiderman finished the gown Laughter and joy could be felt in the air With music and all through the town strong and after his shoe came down on the glass the townsfolk burst out into song Hello. 
in joyous embrace in the center of the crowd. Matik and I danced into the night round and round, round and round, round and round, round and round. There were six hundred people in my little town but I only I would survive ספר את הסיפור שלך, יש לך אחד יפה. גם כל הכאבים והחולשות שלך הפכו אותך אחד כזה, שלא מפחד ליפול, שלא מפחד לגדול. טב לטב נגן את הניגון שלך, יש לך אחד יפה. תרקוד כאילו העולם שר בשבילך, תראה הלב כבר מתרפא, ורק אל תפחד ליפול, רק אל תפחד לגדול. כל עוד לא הפסקת על החלום, אתה מנצח, כאילו אין מחר לחיית היום, תחזיק רק להיום. כל עוד לא הפסקת על החלום, אתה מנצח. תעוף הכי רחוק שאתה יכול, כי יש בך הכל. קח מכל צייר את הציור שלך. יש לך אחד יפה, ואין שום דבר שיעצור אותך, תפליג לאן שרק תרצה, רק אל תפחד ליפול, רק אל תפחד לגדול. כל עוד לא הפסקת לחלום, אתה מנצח, כאילו אין מחר לחיות היום. תחזיק רק להיום, כל עוד לא הפסקת על החלום, אתה מנצח, תעוף הכי רחוק שאתה יכול, כי יש בך הכל. Stop, stop, stop. 
JM in the AM, that's Akiva with Yeshbacha Hakol. Uh, before that, the um, Journey Selections, My Little Town, and Ain't No Bishel here on a uh, JM and AM Wednesday morning. Well, it's post-election Wednesday. Yassi Baumel is going to join us. We'll get some perspective on the results of yesterday's uh, vote in Israel. In some ways surprising, in other ways not so surprising. Uh, by the way, I wanted to mention that um, the many of you probably saw um, after the Kyrie Irving uh, tweet and comments about the um, the film, etc., you probably saw there were uh, a group of people, uh, not at last night's net game, but at the one before that, who were sitting with uh, T-shirts courtside that said, Stop Anti-Semitism. And um, I just wanted to acknowledge those who went ahead and uh, conveyed that message in that manner during the game that night. And also kudos to the commentators and uh, those members of the media who are um, who are expressing an opinion that the NBA really dropped the ball on this and should have taken uh, strong action against him uh, in light of what happened. So a... Uh, we're following it closely, obviously, um, and I just wanted to acknowledge those out there who are making public statements and are dealing with the situation and uh, expressing that the NBA should have been more proactive in its actions uh, in light of his statements or in light of his social media posts. Yassi Baumel will join us with analysis of the uh, situation in Israel now that the Election Day has passed. I also want to remind everybody that we have an opportunity this coming Tuesday on the 8th of November to make a real difference in so many elections in this country. Please remember to go out and vote and encourage your family members and friends to do the same. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p- 1 p.m. newscast for a Wednesday is next. Boker Tov from Jam and the Am. גליצלם ירושלים השעה אחת, שלום רב, באולפן רן יבנאי עם מה שקורה עכשיו. נמשכת ספירת הקלפיות לאחר ספירה של כ-95% מהמעטפות הרגילות. עולה כי גוש הימין בהובלת נתניהו מציג ניצחון מוחץ ועומד על 65 מושבים לעומת הקואליציה הנוכחית שתקבל 50 בלבד. הליכוד מוביל עם 31 מנדטים, יש עתיד אחריו עם 23 מנדטים בלבד. מרץ קרובה אך לא עוברת את אחוז החסימה. חבר הכנסת אלי כהן מהליכוד אומר לאמיר איבגי ויעל דן בגלי צהל, השינויים שסמוטריץ' רוצה במערכת המשפט לא תואמו עם הליכוד. מה שאנחנו אמרנו לפני הבחירות, אנחנו מתכוונים לעשות גם היום. כלומר, להקים ממשלת ימין עם השותפים הטבעיים, אם יהיו גורמים נוספים שירצו להצטרף, אנחנו לא מחרימים. כל אותם דברים וכותרות שנעשו על ידי בן גבירוש סמוטריץ' בסוגיה המשפטית לא היו בתיאום איתנו, ולכן אמרנו בצורה ברורה שהשינויים לא יהיו רטרואקטיביים. יושב ראש עוצמה יהודית, תמר בן גביר, התייחס גם הוא לפני שעה קלה להישג הגדול של מפלגתו. אני בא למען כולם. אני הלכתי לפוליטיקה למען כולם, כי אני אעשה הכל כדי שתקום כאן ממשלת ימין מלא מלא. זה למען כולנו. זה למען כולנו, גם למען אלה שלא אוהבים אותי. בדבריו של בן גביר הביא כתבנו הפוליטי יובל שגב.
תקרית הירי הקטלני בחטיבת כפיר בחודש אוגוסט. הלוחם שירה למוות בשוגג בחברו נתן פיטוסי, זיכרונו לברכה, הודח מלחימה, מדווח כתבנו הצבאי דורון קדוש. בתחקיר האירוע נמצא כי הלוחם היורה זיהה בטעות את חברו נתן פיטוסי, זיכרונו לברכה, כחשוד בזמן שחזר לעמדת השמירה שלהם. הליקוי המרכזי שנמצא הוא הפיצול בין השניים שלא היה צריך לקרות, ובעקבות התחקיר הוחלט להדיח מלחימה את החייל היורה. הרמטכ"ל כוכבי קבע כי מדובר באירוע שניתן היה למנוע והנחה ללמוד את לקחיו בכל הצבא ובמקביל נמשכת חקירת התקרית במשטרה הצבאית. וסנגוריו של החייל היורה מסרו בתגובה כי הם שוקלים לערער על החלטת בית המשפט וכי הלוחם היורה פעל על פי ההנחיות שקיבל ממפקדיו. הסכם הגבול הימי עם לבנון, ראש ממשלת המעבר של לבנון, נג'יב מיקאטי, מתייחס לתוצאות הבחירות בישראל ואומר, בשל ערבותה של ארה״ב, לבנון לא חוששת שההסכם על הגבול הימי עם ישראל יתבטל בשל זכייתו הצפויה של נתניהו בבחירות. ידיעה שמסר כתבנו על עניינים ערביים. ג'קי חוגי. במקביל, אתרי החדשות הגדולים בעולם מדווחים על ניצחון נתניהו בבחירות ומציינים את איתמר בן גביר כשותפו הקיצוני. עם הפרטים כתב חדשות החוץ, עמית קלדרון. בכל אתרי החדשות הבינלאומיים מדווחים על ניצחון נתניהו וברבים מהם מכנים את רשימת הציונות הדתית רשימה אולטרה-לאומנית. בסוכנות הידיעות רויטרס כינו את איתמר בן גביר המתנחל המסית וב-BBC כתבו שהוא משתמש ברטוריקה אנטי-ערבית ומטיף לגירוש של פוליטיקאים ואזרחים לא נאמנים. גם ברשות הפלסטינית הגיבו לתוצאות, וראש הממשלה הפלסטיני מוחמד אשתאי אמר שהתוצאות מוכיחות כי אין שותף לשלום בצד הישראלי. פעוט בן שנתיים טבע בגלי מים ביישוב ערה שבנגב, מצבו אנוש. כתבנו בדרום רמי שני מוסר כי צוות מד"א העביר אותו למרכז הרפואי סורוקה בבאר שבע, ונסיבות המקרה נחקרות. מזג האוויר, גשם מקומי, בעיקר בצפון הארץ ובמרכזה. אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד. J.M. and A.M. playing uh, Makar Chaim from uh, Eitan Katz to make Yossi Baumol feel as at home as possible. He's, of course, Director of Development at Makar Chaim in Israel. And uh, for us, very often, and maybe too often over the last few years, <laughs> with all these elections that have taken place, uh, he's been one of our um, analysts when it comes to the Israeli elections and the political scene. Yossi Baumol, a pleasure to welcome you back to J.M. and the A.M. Good morning. I just landed, and I'm happy to be here in the United States once again. I was able to vote and then to come here and maybe vote once again this week. Who knows? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I, won't get into the, uh, I won't get into the legalities or machinations of that, but it would be interesting, actually, if you or someone else participated in both elections. One observation just from this side of the ocean before we go to where you normally are. Um, it, it is funny to me 
that the Israeli election, which for which in so many um, uh, instances was followed so closely by the American media, and you know, and, and in many ways, uh, the American media acted as if you know it was an election going on here. You know, with the urgency and the and the you know when the polls close, immediately reports going out, etc. And it is nothing like that here anymore. And I just find that to be an interesting observation that the desperation with which the United States media went ahead and followed the Israeli election is not nearly uh, to the level that it once was. Uh, I don't know what why that is or if my impression is even correct, but I just thought I'd toss that out there as we begin our conversation. So, um, I, I, you know, I posted yesterday on social media that uh, I wasn't quite sure how to classify this election if, in fact, the, the reports were accurate that Netanyahu and the Likud party was doing as well and, and its partners were doing as well as was initially reported. Now we know, of course, that they have been doing as well as initially reported. So how would you classify this political comeback? Uh, one person wrote on my on my post that it was as expected. Uh, were there surprises for you yesterday, or was all of this as expected? Uh, let me put it this way. I, was not, I am not surprised by the present predictions of 62, uh, but I think it will go up to about 64, or maybe wow. even more. And just so people understand and, uh, uh, and realize where we're at, in terms of these statistics right now, with 85% of the vote cast, Likud is officially, or at least projected, to be at 31. The, the um, uh, religious parties, led by the religious Zionist party, at 14. Shas and UTJ together for 20. And I assume as uh, you're indicating that those numbers could could go up because you're you're predicting that it could be uh, close to 64 or at 64 eventually so let's discuss you know why why each one of these did as well as they did let's start with netanyahu uh you know somebody is somebody the 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 um uh the impression is that he's ousted from israeli politics you know during the last election and yet even at his age he's able to make a strong comeback uh what was it that gave him the success in this election well I have to point out that uh, the Likud has lost a number of seats compared to the last election. Right. So let's not get too excited about that. Right. Uh, there are even people who think that Sal Smutrich himself released a recording where he said that he doesn't trust Netanyahu uh, in order to increase uh, his, his uh, seats that he'll get uh, in this election. Um, I think one can sum up and say something that we knew before, that while the uh, Israeli electorate is getting more and more right-wing, not everybody loves Netanyahu. And uh, I think that's true about a lot of people. On the other hand, one has to recognize that he's five times smarter than anybody else in the field, like it or not. I think the media is jealous of him because he's better than them at their own game. Uh, much better, and there's a lot of jealousy. And you know, when you're very, when you when you really are smarter and better at what you do than others, uh, sometimes it tends to uh, cause a little hubris, and he didn't get along with a lot of people, and that's very sad. I hope he learned his lesson. I hope he really tries to hold close his par- old partners and his new partners, uh, and work together with them. Uh, because there's a lot to do. There's a lot to do. Yeah, that's for sure. And and, and I'm glad you pointed that out and, and corrected me because Ridley could has been reduced in seats, but obviously the entire right wing or right block, however you want to put it, has increased, and that, and that would make the and that would make the Smutrich um, uh, a story, I guess, the religious Zionist story, the story of the election. But before we get to that, which again might be the central part of this entire analysis, when you say he's smarter than everyone else. 
How does that manifest itself? When you talk about beating the media at its own game, or you speak about that, you know, he, 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 he knew exactly what to do strategically to make this political comeback. What is it that he's smarter about, and how does it manifest itself during the entire pre-election game? Uh, I'm not sure, but I think we, I would recommend highly for people to read uh, his new book uh, and uh, the depth of his commitment, the depth of his of his savvy, uh, it comes quite clear in obviously in the book that and that uh, he had written. Uh, but uh, I I don't have to tell you he's head and shoulders. I think in the recognition, both positive and the negative recognition that Netanyahu has throughout the world, just shows that he really is a very a senior statesman. He re- he really is, you know, in in international terms, and he's much better at this than than, than other people. But the, but but, but when it. you say this, it's not just you know projecting an image of a statesman. It's also the the ability, I guess, behind closed doors to c- come up strategically with a plan that to outsmart everybody else, right? I assume that's yeah, what you mean. I'll give you an example of that. Uh, a lot of people were complaining that Ayala Chakade ran to the end. Some right. people thought that it was only because if she reaches 1%, she can get the money back that she spent on the election, more or less. Right. So it was a money thing. Even if she doesn't get into the Knesset, if she reaches 1%, she gets that money. And there was no chance of her getting into the Knesset. But now it's become clear that by her running, she added 80,000, 90,000, whatever the votes there are, to the total amount, right. raising the, the uh, ceiling on getting into the Knesset, which left merits out. And apparently this was done in coordination with the Likud. Interesting. In words, they're saying Yariv Lavin and her were coordinator, and he told them, don't drop out. You're going to help us by taking away seats from Gantz and by raising the ceiling on, on to get into the Knesset. And that, at the moment, it looks like Merit is not getting in altogether, and, uh, and that was successful. So that's the kind of thing that even nice. a genius like me wouldn't have thought of <laughs> oh, uh, you know, just a day ago. <laughs> and Merit is at zero at the moment. We'll see if that lasts. Yossi Baumel's with us. All right. So tell us about, you know, what it's like living in Israel for the last couple of months as Ben Gvir and Smotrich, you know, seem to uh, to be uh, attracting more and more people. And obviously the numbers bear it out with the religious Zionist party now at 14 mandates, which I think is unprecedented when it comes to uh, uh, to the religious Zionist party. Um, what was it? What was it like and why were they so successful at uh, at increasing their popularity? Well, first of all, I have to, I have to point, correct you slightly. Yeah. The fact is that this almost no less than the story of the, of the uh, religious Zionist parties, the story of the uh, Haredi parties, right. which at the moment are totaling 20, which right. probably will go down to 19, but nevertheless That's represent a, a tremendous, uh, not a, a substantial uh, raise in, 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 their, in their seats. And this is something that is, uh, has really perplexed a lot of people over the years. Aguda, with the birth rate that we have in the, in the religious community, really should have been growing much faster, but people have always been voting for other parties. And uh, Shas uh, also has, uh, there are people, even from the religious Zionist bent, who wanted a religious party but did not like, uh, for whatever reason, Ben Gvir or whatever, and so they went and they voted for Shas because they wanted to produce. So whatever the reason is, they also did very well uh, in the in these elections. But I think this really reflects the growing population of committed people, and the fact is, if you take out all the right wing people in the uh, in Gantz's party, then you you have you, it's definitely there's more than seventy seats of the Knesset fully right wing uh, in, in Israel today, and this is some slowly showing up in the demographics and in the elections that we have 
every Monday and Thursday. Oh, I'm sorry, every few months <laughs> in Israel. So it sounds like it sounds like you know, based on what you're saying, that you're that that in terms of Smotrich, Ben Gvir, etc., it's more a matter of being at the right place at the right time. In other words, it's it's not really their popularity; it is the the affinity that the religious parties now have in Israel to so much more of the electorate that put them, you know, way over the top. That is true, but I want to address what you said also. Uh, first of all, first of all, uh, Bezalel Smotrich has done something which no other Israeli political leader has done. He had set up a party. He opened up uh, for primaries, including uh, offering people to challenge him himself to the head of the party. This is unprecedented in Israeli politics. Nobody does that. Netanyahu doesn't run run for re-election, you know, two months before in the primaries right before the elections. He has, but you know, but it didn't happen now, and it, he's really opened it up. And uh, I really think the t- time has come now for those people, those few people who found this present party a little to the right of them should join in and run in, in the in the, in the in the primaries from now on in, in the religious Zionist party as Marty Oliner the head of the RZA here in the United States pointed out in his recent article this is now the national religious party this is it and people have to get on board and 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 and, and, and completely support this party which is what I did I opened up I had a parliament meeting for Ohad Tal, who lives in Efrat, who's number 12 on the list uh, of, of the, the religious Zionist party. So, so the, uh, that's one thing as far as the uh, religious Zionist party. As far as, uh, as, far as Ben Gvir goes, the fact is that the upswing in violence over the past year and a half has really brought extra vote. People worried about the security situation and have brought people to vote for him, even not in the traditional national religious party. And therefore, and therefore, uh, that that explains basically why they succeeded. There is a small chance to go up to 15, but probably not. They'll probably stay uh, at 14 members. Isn't it interesting that that usually was what propelled Likud for an extra two, three mandates, a security issue, and now, uh, and and now Smotrich, I guess, has replaced Netanyahu well, uh, as as the figure of you know, of national security. Well, I think it's Ben Gvir more than Smutri. I mean Ben Gvir, right? issue. I mean Ben but, Gvir. Uh, but, uh, but I think we have to realize that future uh, political scientists will try to analyze why the left never liked Netanyahu, because the fact is that he was a really fantastic middle-of-the-road prime minister. He was not a right-wing prime minister. And, 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 and people have to understand that. And I, I'm hoping that now with the present constellation that we have in Israel now, that he will see that this is his chance to leave an enduring legacy of doing the things that he himself believes in but was afraid to do and was always trying to, like, walk, you know, toe the middle of the road line. Can you give us an example of that? Things that he believes in that he thinks need to be implemented but he was Uh, hesitant uh, to do so? Sure. uh, Anything to do with the courts in Israel, Uh. for example, which he has he has defended, despite that he's been the victim of the courts system in Israel, he's been defending them to a great extent. Uh, The status of the what they call the young settlements in Judea and Samaria, collecting connecting them with electricity, uh, etc. Even the things that have to do with Temple Mount, uh, if people remember back. Right. He was not the most right-wing prime minister we had. I'm not criticizing him. He is what he is, and he's great at what he does, but he's not so right-wing. And uh, someday political scientists will try to understand why the, the middle of the road didn't like him. Uh, Victor Lieberman, how's he feeling this morning? I didn't. I didn't speak with him, but I don't know <laughs> even though he doesn't live too far away in my, uh, from me, but... Uh, um, 
Look, all these parties were hoping to change. I said all along the religious issues are, are non-starters. A, because the, because the Haredi world is there, they have their rights, they have their, they, they're an important part of the, of, the, of the electorate, number one. Number two, halacha can't be changed until we have a Sanhedrin, which is going to happen sometime after Mashiach comes, probably. So, that, you know, to get 70 rabbis together in a room, that's, you know, that's harder than bringing the Mashiach. So until then, we more or less have to try and unite around a, uni- a united halach, and therefore the whole question of yes, aguda, no aguda, which is the, the matan kahana's attempt at the religious uh, religious uh, um, ministry, all this stuff is really it's not it's not what what is worrisome is the uh, is the trends in security, the trends in settlement, which even I'm not afraid that any left wing government would give away territory substantially, but still. They are slowly letting uh, our enemies take over the area, and this has to stop. And, and what do you mean by halacha? You know, not being able to be changed. Uh, you know, what what does that have to do with the election? What does that have to do with the government? Yes. Well, a, a lot of the people who could not bring themselves to vote for, for Bitzal Smutridge, uh, and certainly not for Ben Gvir, felt that there has to be the conversion right. has to be done in a more liberal fashion, and uh, kashus has to be done in a more liberal fashion, etc., etc., etc. While theoretically they may even be right, I'm not arguing that, but right. practically, both for political reasons and for united halachic the unity of the Jewish people, we need to be able to keep, we don't more, more, more and more branches breaking off from Orthodox Jewry, but we, we can't have that. I want to be able to walk into a shul, shul and daven with them, and I want them to be able to walk into me and my shul and daven with me also. So, you know, this is, we have to reunite around the Rabbanut and around the present uh, religious system as much as possible, trying to improve it, but still we can't rock the boat that much for those two reasons. So you're not, the, so you're not against those who are trying to improve it, they're just the, you, you, you'd I, like I to see this, the, war, this battle has to be fought in the Beit Midrash, not in the, not in the Knesset. These are halachic issues. These are uh, in, uh, ideological issues. They need to be argued, and when we uh, uh, in, 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 in yeshivas, in, in, in uh, among rabbis, this, right. and it's a, it's a it's a good important argument. I'm sure when there'll be a Sanhedrin, Judaism will change to some extent that we won't even recognize certain things. But in the meantime, we have to unite around what we have and keep it holy. Hey, you know what happened 105 years ago today? What the Alfred Declaration? Oh. Oh, that's right. How do you like that? Wow. Isn't that interesting yes. in, in the light of our conversation this morning? Uh, because and, and in the light of the end of the list of the Masechet in Ktubot uh, in, uh, right. in Dathiyumi. Yeah. That's right. I, um, I, I say it like that because uh, sometimes we do lose perspective. I think you were, you were somewhat alluding to this with the conversation about halacha, but uh, we, we sometimes lose perspective and forget that, you know, uh, 105 years ago there was no state. And 105 years ago, Jews around the world were in, a, were in an extremely precarious position. And sometimes we have to just uh, stop and acknowledge the fact and thank the one above for the incredible gift that we have in the state of Israel and that you were able to go to the polls yesterday and vote. Yes, there's a special prayer we say before we vote. You're serious or you're joking? Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm sure Rabbi, Rabbi Shmuel Eliyahu uh, wrote together. a special prayer? Yes, yes, yes. That You know, it, according to the Ramban, it, um, Jewish sovereignty is a mitzvah from the Torah, and by taking part in that mitzvah, we're doing a mitzvah, and you have to have kavana, and you have to think about what you're doing before you go and do it. Wow. Unbelievable. In Israel, every little thing is a mitzvah. That's the wonderful thing about living in Israel. Yeah, well, you're right about that. Um, finally, on the political spectrum, but just for a moment again, um, 
I mean, we've made this point before. You've made this point before. Uh, but the Labor Party, I mean, I guess it's essentially dead at this point. I mean, four mandates and, you know, for a party that used to dominate Israeli politics. What's your comment about that? Uh, I think uh, that not, and not only that, there's a small chance that they're not going to make it all together. Probably wow. will, but it's it's on the borderline at the moment, actually. Um, I think basically that the parties... Um, I think Moshe Shamir, an Israeli author, said this uh, like 30 years ago. He says, I stayed in the same place. He was a member of the Labor Party. Right. He says, I, politically, I stayed in the same place. It's the parties that keep moving you know, to more and more to the left. It, and I think that, that the, the, the parties like Merit and like Labor, which is sad because they were somewhat ideological parties, have given way to the, uh, to the more uh, populist parties like uh, Yesh Atid, um, uh, um, Lapid, uh, Lieberman, and Gantz, those parties. Uh, instead of being, you know, really uh, ideological left-wing um, uh, um, organizations, and to, to the fact is today, everybody knows that the two-state solution is a what they so, say is a, it's a it's an accepted lie. Everybody talks about it, but they know it's not going to happen anymore. The Arabs don't want it even. So this is not Ben Gurion's Labor Party. No, no, no. Ben Gurion's Labor Party is to the right of the Likud. Right. Yeah. Certainly, Golda Meir was. Just like they say that JFK was to the right of today's Democrats. <laughs> for sure, for sure, for sure. Uh, by the way, it's very interesting that the Shamir comment that you just cited. I mean, it, it, you, you see what's going on in this country, and there's a massive, massive election going on this coming Tuesday here in the United States, and, and you could appreciate a lot of Israelis don't understand it because, you know, the whole uh, balance of power, Congress, uh, the executive branch, etc. you know, it's hard for people to understand if they don't live here. Uh, but those of us who are really into it, we understand that uh, this is a key election with so many states being represented as toss-ups this coming Tuesday. And I think one of the reasons uh, that uh, that people are you know, considering m- moving uh, or changing their vote or voting differently than they have in the past is because of what you just said, that uh, the, the certain part <laughs> I'm trying to be very diplomatic here. Certain parties do not resemble uh, the parties that they used to be. Let's put it that way. They're moving in a direction that's not very favorable to many. I mean, think of it this way. Donald Trump was a Democrat in the 80s right. and 90s. Right. You know what I'm saying? The parties are moving to the left under the pressure of popular culture. And but people are still retaining their brains, and they're staying in the middle, more or less. You know, right. so uh, and then they have to make a decision, that, you know, where the middle should be uh, should be voting. Right. I mean, the fact that Lee Zeldin may win as governor in New York is like in a sort of an astounding thing. I never bothered voting in the local elections because what's the point, right? And all of a sudden, it, it, I mean, I it would be unbelievable if there's that type of change to the top of the New York ticket. We'll see what happens on. On Tuesday, I'm um, still not convinced that that's going to happen. We saw what happened with the governor of New Jersey last time. Uh, the fact is that even though it, it was it was close to being uh, a Republican victory, it was um, in the end uh, they didn't win. So I'm curious to see what happens, as I'm sure everybody is. Uh, Yassi Balmo, I hope things are good at Makar Chaim in Israel. Yeah, thank God we're uh, moving this coming summer. We have uh, we're trying to finish off the Beit Midrash. I arrived here because we need a whole bunch of dedications to get there this summer. Uh, but it's moving ahead fantastically, uh, and I invite everyone to come and see the unbelievably beautiful work that we're doing along the ancient uh, the Patriarchs Road in Gush Etzion. Uh, and I have to say also that from educationally, I, my, I set out to make Rabbi Dov Singer famous in America so I could raise money, but instead it's, we, ha- we have the support of a lot of foundations that are supporting our teacher training work in 10 schools throughout the United States, and we're spreading our Torah and our, and our methods uh, here in the United States as well. 
uh, but we got to finish our campus and move this summer because that's it. So uh, that's why I'm here. And Amir uh, Tashem, we'll get it done. Anybody who wants to come visit the area, please call me, 917-929-8525, 917-929-8525. Please call me. Uh, and uh, I love to host people uh, back. And thank God, uh, from this to coast, finally, people are coming back to visit uh, Israel, and it's just been wonderful. And I'm looking forward to a lot of more friends coming back uh, and to visit with us in the near future. Well, the ed- I will be speaking, by the way, at the Young Israel Lawrence Cedarhurst on the topic of living in a 50-50 world. Uh, in between elections, living in a 50-50 world, uh, not politics so much, but more a deeper religious background to the reasons that we have all these pro- political problems. But if you want to come, I'll be speaking to Charles Shudas at the Young Israel Lawrence Cedarhurst. And you, obviously you mean this Shabbat. This coming Shabbat, correct. And, and, and a 50-50 world is, and if you're saying it's not political, then what, it's a 50-50 world spiritually? What is, what, what, what is it? The Rambam says that when you go to Yom Kippur, you're supposed to assume that the whole world is half and half, and your voice, your actions can change the world. Right. Very, uh, very um, spiritual of you, no, to say also, the least. Also the, idea, the idea that politics is right or left and not three-dimensional, as Ruff Cook explains, really uh, hooks in with this message, and which I'll be talking about that as well. The educational initiative you spoke about was an outgrowth of COVID, or in general, the, your, the uh, McCarr Chaim was reaching out to schools we around the world? We started doing a pilot project in Cleveland uh, before COVID, uh, but uh, the fact that we were able to do a lot of teaching uh, online during COVID has really has, has helped us skyrocket, and now uh, we have... Uh, uh, Rabbi Singer and his son Yishai, who runs the uh, our uh, our uh, educator development program in in Israel, BA and MA programs with Herzog College, uh, so he's coming here quite a lot more often. And we have Rabbi Yehuda Channelus and Tinek, who is our uh, educational director here in the United States, who is doing a great job in pushing our Torah and uh, helping out a lot of schools to here through the United States. Amazing. Must be a good feeling. I'm not, I'm not being facetious. I'm being serious. It must be a good feeling that there's finally some settlement in the in the Israeli electorate, right? The fact that, that there's now what will hopefully be some type of stability, at least for the next few months or years. Well, this is going to be an interesting thing because basically it looks like it will be very stable except for one question. Yeah. Uh, um, Itamar Ben-Gavir has been a wonderful campaigner and a wonderful uh, media stunt person, and he's, I think he's a good person and means well, even if I don't agree exactly with everything that he says. But now he's in politics, and now the art of politics, the politics is the art of compromise. He's going to have to sit in the government and at least suffer some of the things that he doesn't like. Right. That's what we all do in order to keep a, a stable government, right. and it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. And there's a million precedents for that. Some of the politicians have, in history have done that well, and others have just fallen by the wayside because they weren't able to do it. I, I think he'll be okay. Interesting. I think he'll be okay. Yassi, always a delight. Thanks so much for joining us for this this morning. My pleasure, Nachum. Great to speak to you. Have a great, great day. Yossi Baumel, Director of Development of Makar Chaim in Israel. And for us today, a uh, an election analyst. Uh, well, one thing we've learned, and I think it's important, that the likelihood is uh, there's now going to be a stable government in Israel for at least a few months or years. Uh, and if there's one positive, uh, if the, one of the positive outgrowths of yesterday's election, I would think, um, would be that. More coming up. It's JM and the AM, or by David Goldwasser's words, Zechanishmas Harav Zebin of Yosef Alevi, and Zechanishmas Esther Basar of Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. It says, Omar Rabba Barbachana. Rabba Barbachana said, Omar Rabbi Yochanan, in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, 
Koshala Zavgun Kikriyas Yamsuf. It is as difficult to make a matrimonial match as splitting the sea of reeds. The Ksav Sofra asks the question. We see that there are Shidduchim happening every day. So it's difficult for us to understand where's the difficulty. The Ksav Sofra explains what does it mean, Kosha Kikriyas Yamsuf? We find by Kriyas Yamsuf, it says, Legoizer Yamsuf Ligzorim. Hashem made the miracle for each Yochid, each Shevet had its own char. Similarly, by Parnasa, for livelihood, the Pasuk tells us, Lohem that Hashem Yisbarach gives everybody the Parnasa when they need it and whatever they need. This would mean that they were really two Nisim by Kriyas Yamsuf, one for the entire B'nai Yisrael and one for every Yochid, for every individual. Concerning a match, there has to be two conditions as well. It has to be a zivug hogoin, bein ish le isha. It has to be for each of them, the husband and wife. It has to be good, and also it has to be a zivug that is good for klal Yisrael, that they will participate in do chesed for others in klal Yisrael, and that their children will be the same. In the Sefer Chinuch, Mitzvah four hundred and thirty. It says there that only a person who is metiv lacherim, who helps other people and who is of benefit to this world, is called a sholem, somebody that is complete. Shari Tshuva says, min ikrim hanidrashim min ha'adam. It is one of the main requirements of a person that they help others. And as we know, Reb Chaim said, a person was not created for themselves. A person should try to help others as much as they possibly can. This is the explanation of the Gemara according to the Yam Simcha. Just to make a shidduch, to find the man and woman that will be good for both. That's not so difficult. The difficulty lies in finding the Shidduch that'll be comparable to the Kriyas Yamsuf, that it contains both Pratim, that they could be good for each other, but they will also be good for Klau Yisrael. May we hear Besuros Tavos, Yeshuas Venechamos. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day.
רצון מלפניך, שתשרה שכינתך בינינו, ותיתן לנו ברכה והצלחה בכל מעשה ידינו. יהי רצון מלפניך, שתשרה שכינתך Joey Newcomb, he calls out the Morocco medley here on a Wednesday morning broadcast. Before that, Eitan Katz with Kikel Melech. JM and the AM, Dr. Schmidman's going to join us in a moment. Before we get to that conversation, I just wanted to uh, again acknowledge and wish a mazel tov to our friends at Turo University. Uh, Turo's 50th anniversary gala is happening on Sunday, December the 4th at the New York Marriott Marquis. And uh, they'll be honoring Dr. Kadish, the president, uh, Dr. Goldschmidt, the executive dean of Turo, uh, David Lichtenstein, uh, founder and CEO of the Lightstone Group, member of the Board of Trustees, the Honorable Shelley Berkeley. Um, and an honorary doctorate to uh, Dr. Albert Bourla of uh, Pfizer. So that's all happening at Turo University's 50th anniversary gala on the 4th of December. Uh, you can go to 50.turo.edu slash gala. 50, like literally 5-0. 50.turo.edu slash gala for all the information. JM and the AM on a Wednesday. A reminder that um, uh, Mayor Fertig is in tomorrow. Matis is in on Friday. I'm heading to the uh, oof roof of my uh, future son-in-law, Eitan Zuckerman, in Chicago. And I appreciate and thank everybody for all the big Mazel Tov wishes as we get set for that big Simcha Baruch Hashem. 
Dr. Michael Schmidman, Dean of the Turo Graduate School of Jewish Studies, is with us live via telephone. They've got a big event coming up on Sunday, November the 6th. Sunday, November the 6th, and Monday, November the 7th. Jewish leadership in the past millennium. That is the topic. And we got an opportunity to discuss with Dr. Schmidman, who is with us live via telephone. A pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Yes, thank you, Nachum. It's a privilege and a pleasure to be on your show. Thank you for the opportunity. How ironic that in the middle of election season, after seeing what happened yesterday in Israel and so many people anticipating leadership uh, analysis, let's put it that way, I don't want to say changes, that wouldn't be fair, uh, here in this country uh, with Election Day coming up on Tuesday, how ironic that you are choosing this coming Sunday to talk about Jewish leadership in the past millennium. Tell me about the genesis of this conference. Uh, why now, and uh, what will it include this coming Sunday and Monday? Okay, thank you. It is indeed uh, even more relevant now, as you say. Oh, yes. Uh, our, up- <laughs> our upcoming conference, uh, Sunday and Monday of next week, is one of the culminating events of a year-long series of special activities, academic conferences, marking as you mentioned, the 50th anniversary of Turo, and also celebrating the granting to Turo of university status by the New York State Department of Education. Uh, So that status was awarded in recognition of Turo's many outstanding schools, one of which is my own school, the Graduate School of Jewish Studies. Uh, We offer MA and PhD degrees in Jewish Studies. And by the way, we're the oldest of Turo's graduate schools. We were established in 1981, and that's the year that I was appointed as the first director of the school. And if I am not mistaken, Nahum, 1981 also was your first year in radio broadcasting. (laughs) Is that not the case, W-Y-U-R? That is correct. Uh, So so it was an auspicious year for both of us. Um, uh, But in any event, we at the Graduate School of Jewish Studies have planned uh, a most exciting conference program for next week on the topic uh, of... Jewish leadership uh, in the past millennium. Very relevant topic. <laughs> no, that's that's an uh, understatement. This is happening at the Lander College for Women campus. That's at 227 West 60th Street in New York City. Again, Sunday, this coming Sunday and Monday, the 6th and 7th of November. And, and this is literally open to everybody, right, Dr. Schmidman? I mean, anybody can come and enjoy this. Indeed. It's free and open to the public. So every, uh, everyone... And, uh, no, I'm just saying everyone, yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone should keep that in mind. It's an in-person conference. It's happening in Manhattan, um, and uh, there'll be a live stream uh, capability as well, right, online? Right. Uh, I'll uh, mention that the details of that soon. There are, there are indeed options for either in-person or uh, remote uh, participation on either Sunday, Monday, or both days. There's a session on Jewish leadership in medieval Europe. There's a session on Jewish leadership in the 19th and 20th century Europe. A session on Jewish leadership in 20th century America. A session about Jewish leadership in American law. A session on Jewish leadership in 19th to the 21st century Europe and America. I mean, I I don't know how one can put together a lineup of people who are experts in all of these different areas. Was that difficult to put together an all-star lineup like this? Um, well, as as it happens, uh, it's not that difficult because uh, many of these uh, uh, speakers are colleagues of mine uh, uh, over over many years, and uh, I know their strengths, and I know that I have the right uh, all-star lineup here. 
of people who can indeed address all of those uh, address all of those topics. So, would you like to hear, in fact, more uh, details about? Those, yeah, I mean, uh, it, I, I I can't believe how vast it is and how much uh, area in history it's covering. Certainly, give us some samples. Sure. Okay, uh, we are indeed. It is vast. We're exploring dimensions and examples of of rabbinic, intellectual, cultural, communal, educational, political, social leadership uh, in the Jewish community over the past thousand years. And uh, the program, uh, as you mentioned, consists of five sessions over wow. two days. It will begin Sunday morning with the first session on Jewish leadership in medieval Europe. That session will be chaired by Dr. Moshe Sokol, Dean of the Landa College for Men. Wow. Uh, speakers will include Dr. Susan Weissman, of the Land of College for Women, she'll be exploring the personality of Rav Yehuda Chassid, the leading figure in the movement of Hasidi Ashkenaz in late 12th century and early 13th century Germany. And then Dr. Ephraim Kanafogel of Yeshiva, of Yeshiva University will shed some new light on the rabbinic leadership and writings of Rav Moshe Taku in 13th century Regensburg, Germany. Uh, Dr. Donna Fishkin of the Land of College for Women and Soros Graduate School will analyze facets of the life and work of Emmanuel of Rome, a key literary and communal figure in 14th century Italian jury. And then I'll conclude the first session by revisiting and questioning the standard historical account of the response of Portuguese Jewish leadership to the refugees of the Spanish expulsion of 1492. And then there'll be a break for lunch. And Nachum, there is such a thing as a free lunch, because that will be served, <laughs> that indeed will be served to attendees and participants, uh, the in-person attendees uh, only on that one. Uh, and uh, then the second session will commence on Jewish leadership in 19th and 20th century Europe. That will be chaired by Dr. Schneer Lyman of Turo Graduate School of Jewish Studies. And that session will feature Dr. Judith Bleich of the Graduate School on the topic, Stealing the Opponent's Thunder, Rabbi Samson Rafael Hirsch and Reform, followed by Dr. T. Kaplan and Dr. Lauren Lakshin, both of the Lands of College for Women, who will be speaking on the topic silence or outspoken, French Jewish leadership and the Dreyfus Affair. Wow. And then the final session on Sunday on Jewish leadership in 20th century America, that will be chaired by Dr. Marion Stoltz-Leike, the Dean of the Land of College for Women. And those speakers include Dr. Stanley Boylan, Dean of Faculties at Tour University, He'll, he'll discuss the mission-based leadership of Dr. Bernard Lanter, the founder and long-serving first president of Turo University. Then Dr. Ira Robinson of Concordia University will speak about the leadership of the New Haven Yeshiva, a little-known uh, yeshiva that was active 1923 to 1937. That was a yeshiva that included on its faculty over the years Rav Moshe, Rav Ruderman, and Dr. Samuel Belkin, among wow. others. Interesting. Uh, then... Then Dr. Jonathan Sarna of Brandeis University will discuss the leadership role of Rav Eliezer Silver in the Mikva War that divided Cincinnati's Jews and empowered American Orthodoxy in the 1930s. And finally, to conclude the uh, day's um, activities, Dr. Moshe Sherman of the Graduate School of Jewish Studies will discuss the career and legacy of Rabbi Oscar Fassman, who was president of Hebrew Theological College in Chicago 
from 1946 to 1964. He was also an influential pulpit rabbi and a communal activist. So that's the program for Sundays. Uh, sound good so far? Yeah, it sounds um, amazing. In fact, it sounds like uh, you're chock full of incredible topics and and uh, and real experts on so many different areas. By the way, I have to ask you on yours uh, in terms of Portuguese yeah. Jewish leadership and the refugees of the Spanish expulsion. That that me mm-hmm. is that a focus on what their reaction was when Spanish Jews moved into their country and and, and things like yes. that. Yes, well, it was the uh, it was it was a difficult, catastrophic time, uh, obviously. Uh, and uh, the question is uh, whether the standard historical account, at least in most most historians since uh, uh, since Gretz in the nineteenth century down to our own uh, contemporary times, uh, tend to record a, a somewhat negative initial response of Portuguese Jewish leadership that is uh, might be too much to accept all these refugees and and lobbying against their entry however uh, if you if you really explore the basis for that account you'll find that it rests on a very tenuous uh, source uh, only one source and the source is questionable and I want to uh, 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 underscore the fact that when you are studying Jewish history or history generally, you have to make sure that uh, your, uh, uh, your account of history rests on firm foundations, not on uh, very uh, uh, fragile, uh, fragile footing. And how timely your topic is, especially in light of the Ukraine yes. and, and watching Jewish reaction in both Israel, the United States and other countries to refugees, especially Jewish refugees from areas like the Ukraine. I mean, isn't it amazing? I know this point is obviously I'm sure one you've made a million times, but it's incredible how in 2022 it is so vital to learn the lessons of six, seven hundred years ago. Ah, absolutely. Uh, that is, uh, that's one of the, one of the uh, main purposes of studying history, yeah. which is our major focus at the Graduate School of Jewish Studies. Uh, the, not only the, the excitement and, uh, 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 of studying our, our heritage and our history, but also the application of the lessons of that history to contemporary times. There's no question about, and I will bring that up, the uh, this uh, the the question of how Jewish communities generally generally relate to uh, refugees is relevant to considering the veracity of that particular account. If you look vertically, how do Jewish communities generally react? And in fact, even those who who uh, feel that there was a negative initial reaction in 1492 to these refugees all agree that once the refugees arrived, there was a uh, 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 an immense effort to help them. Right. That is always the case. Unbelievable. Uh, that, that never changes. On mm-hmm. day two of the uh, uh, day two of the set of the two day conference this coming weekend, Sunday and Monday, more accurately. Uh, day two yes. begins with a session entitled "Jewish Leadership in American Law." Who's going to be presenting there? Yes, that in fact was organized by the faculty of Torah Law Center, nice. and the dean of the law center, Elena Alangan, will chair the session. Uh, Professor Sam Levine will discuss Supreme Court Justice Louis Brandeis as a Jewish leader. Uh, Professor Jeffrey Morris will speak on the Jewish influences upon Judge David Bazelon, who served as the chief judge of the, of the United States Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit. And Professor Roger Citron will discuss Jewish aspects of the, of the uh, judicial work of Supreme Court Justice Elena Kagan. Uh, then the final session of the conference, later Monday morning and into early Monday afternoon, 
will be chaired by Dr. Henry Abramson, the Dean of the Landon College of Arts and Sciences and the Mahon Parnassa Institute for Professional Studies. And that session will include Dr. Simcha Fishkane of the Graduate School. His topic is Print Power, Leadership Through the Printed Word, Three 19th Century Rabbinical Leaders. Specifically, he'll be discussing the illustrious Kostim who authored Hayadam Archashokhan and Mishnabrura. Wow. And then Dr. G- Dr. Gabor Karekis of the Turo School for Lifelong Education will speak on Sarish Nehrer and Roshraga Feivel Menlowitz as models of Orthodox Jewish educational leadership in the beginning of the, of the 20th century. Dr. Natalia Alexian of the Graduate School and also of the University of Florida will discuss Polish Jewish leadership in the aftermath of the Holocaust. And Acharon Acharon Chaviv, Dr. Mervyn Verbit of the Graduate School and the Lander Colleges will create a typology of leadership that may be applied to recent Jewish history. Perhaps it could be applied to uh, uh, to current events in Israel as well. We to shall see. To say the uh, least. So, um, yes. So all of this is uh, quite a mouthful, but within this comprehensive and varied program, surely, surely there's something rewarding uh, for everyone. Uh, and uh, everyone is is uh, is invited. As I said, the conference is free and open to the public, and attendees may register for either in-person or live stream attendance for one or both days, and they may access the program and the registration form by going to the link uh, that, Nachum, you mentioned earlier, but if you don't mind, I'll repeat sure, it. of course. Um, it's www50, the number 50, dot edu slash Jewish leadership. So that's www.50.turo.edu slash Jewish leadership. Uh, the venue, Landon College for Women, 227 West 60th Street in Manhattan, um, uh, is, uh, uh, is accessible by subway. Uh, there are nearby parking garages. Uh, it's between 10th and 11th Avenues, and hopefully it's out of the way of the marathon for the most part, uh, for the most part at least. Um, and uh, I would encourage your listeners to register for in-person attendance if possible, just for the experience of interacting with so many distinguished professors in their field and also interacting with other attendees who share a, a serious interest in Jewish studies and all at a very comfortable venue, not to mention the free lunch and the free refreshments. Uh, so uh, in any case, Everyone is most welcome, whether in person or online, and I look forward to seeing everyone. Well, I will encourage the in-person as well. I mean, the experience of a conference like this and the and what people will gain from it, uh, obviously in person is uh, going to be much, much more uh, than um, uh, via the Internet. So, again, if you can, everybody, try your hardest to actually be there live and in person. The uh, registration address, 550.turo.edu slash jewishleadership. 50.turo.edu slash Jewish leadership. The event is this coming Sunday and Monday. Happens up at the uh, Turo campus uh, at 227 West 60th Street in New York City. But again, if you go to that website, you'll find all the information. You'll find the registration form and you'll see the lineup. We have spoken over the years with so many of the presenters that you're having this coming Sunday, Dr. Schmidman, and you have a really, really impressive lineup. Not, not that you need my endorsement, but you have a an incredible lineup with fantastic topics. So uh, I wish no, you... No, no, I appreciate your endorsement. And I think this conference 
should be of special interest to you because you and your program have played an important leadership role in our community for many decades. So I, uh, thank you. I, I, I just wanted to mention that. I appreciate that and uh, can't thank you enough for that comment. That's so sweet of you. Uh, Dr. Michael Schmidman invites everybody for Sunday and Monday. Go to the website 50.turo.edu slash Jewish Leadership. He is Dean of Turo's Graduate School of Jewish Studies. And Dr. Schmidman, I thank you so much for joining us this morning and good luck this coming Sunday and Monday. Thank you, Nelson. Thanks for having me. More coming up. You're listening to America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSingle.com, on the NachumSingle Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Writing down a thank you song Right before the day has dawned Thank you for the sun that shines Thank you for this soul of mine Thank you for the birds that sing Pretty melodies that ring Happy memories built and saved For the stormy days ahead
Oh, 
J.M. in the A.M. Miami with Yussis here on a uh, Wednesday morning broadcast. Thanks for joining us. If you missed uh, Yussi Baumel and the election analysis from Israel, um, you'll be able to check out the archive a little later, a little later on this morning. NahumSiegel.com and, of course, on the NSN app. And um, in addition to that, uh, in addition to that, um, um, well, I guess that's it, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, in addition to that, it'll be a link. A link to the interview will be included in this morning's thread. If you don't get the uh, thread, if you don't get our daily thread and/or our weekly newsletters, write to Avrami. He'll make sure that you get it. It's af af at nachomsegel dot com. Af at nachomsegel dot com. And of course, as I said. Uh, there'll be a link uh, to it in the um, in the thread for today, and you'll be able to uh, check out the election analysis that we had earlier this morning. <laughs> it's pretty funny, huh? Uh, J.M. Nam, before the uh, one second, there we go. Before the uh, Miami selection, Sholey had uh, oh, that wasn't Yassis. Totally misrepresented that on the playlist. Uh, Sholey had Hashivenu. Um, one second. Right? Am I right about that? Anybody listening out there? Yeah, Hashivenu was uh was from Sholi. Sandy Shmueli had Ototo. And uh, we opened up the hour with the Solomon Brothers and Modaani. And my thanks again to Rabbi Schmidman, Dr. Schmidman rather, uh, for joining us earlier. That Turo conference seems amazing for this coming Sunday and Monday. And a mazal tov to everybody at Turo University and the big 50th anniversary celebration coming up on the 4th of December. Mayor Fertigan tomorrow, Matis in on uh, Friday. And I thank both of them as I get the opportunity to uh, celebrate the ufruf of my son-in-law with uh, everybody out there in Chicago, Illinois. Big greetings and hello to the Zuckerman family. And a big yeshikach to the Siegel cousins of Chicago that have decided to uh, join us Shabbos morning at the Big Kiddush. Thank you. That's quite flattering. We've had a presence in Chicago, the Siegel family, since 1938 in one way, shape, or form. Wow, it's approaching a century. And um, it's really cool that we're going to be celebrating a family simcha there this coming Shabbos. I just find that to be really cool. 
after my grandfather arrived in Chicago from uh, Palestine in 1938. Um, someone just informed me that uh, the odds of winning tonight's Powerball, which those of you listening around the world, it's a $1.2 billion lottery. Tonight's lottery, I know people around the world are going to find this insane. <laughs> it's $1.2 billion. That's the jackpot. $1.2 billion. Now, you don't get all of that. But you certainly get three, four hundred million. That I can tell you, if you win it yourself. Anyway, it's one point two billion uh, uh, dollars. But I'm also told that it's a one in two hundred and twenty million chance of winning. So <laughs> I'm not, I'm not depending on the victory, but I do find it fascinating that uh, it is that large a jackpot. That is pretty amazing, frankly. Anybody out there in our audience who wins Powerball, please. Please remember the Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting. I'm begging you. First $18 check. Please. <laughs> Straight to the foundation. Um, what else did I want to mention? So the Israeli election is now concluded, and they're talking about the possibility of the right-wing bloc now getting 65 seats which is beyond the 64 that Yossi Baumel predicted this morning. It's unbelievable. I mean, there could be a stable government in the state of Israel for at least a short while, which would be welcome. In addition to that, we have a big election coming up in this country. I remind everybody in all 50 states, some states of which have early voting, get out there and vote. There are a lot of governors, a lot of United States senators, and certainly all the United States uh, members of the House of Representatives who are who are up for grabs, so to speak, or in races uh, this coming Tuesday, officially election day, but early voting has started in a lot of places to take advantage. And um, and we'll see what happens. Maybe we'll be treated to some type of stable government here in this country instead of the deadlock that we've been uh, experiencing recently. Who knows? Uh, but please make sure to uh, to vote and tell your friends and relatives to do the same. You want to make sure to have a uh, a real say in the future of this country. And this election day coming up on Tuesday, I think everyone would agree, uh, has the opportunity to really make a difference in terms of the future of this country. So election day in Israel is over. Election day in the United States is coming up. I can't emphasize it enough. Please get out there and vote. And I will ask Matis and the mayor to do the same to remind everybody over the next couple of days that it's critical that everybody vote no matter what state you're in, no matter how um, how decided you think the vote is in whatever election it is you're running or you're voting for. Uh, get out there and vote. It's so important. Have our community represented. More coming up at Shlomo Katz. It's JM in the AM.
Shino lies, I'm no 
נחושת בין כלי מלחמה ותחמושת הואיל ותהי לנברשת לגרש בך את החושך מלאך מתכת מלהיות לחוצה ונדרכת זום תשימי עלייך איזה שלט בו את דורשת מעט שקט ולא נפסיק ארזים רמת צמרת, הניחי לעצמך, היא יושבת בקנים, על פעמותי זהב החסר, שבתות וחגים, ולא נפסיק לחלום. שמדובר בעתיד הרחוק שעדיף לי לשתוק לא להעיר את הדור או את גוג ומגוג ואל תאיצו לנחמני שיום אחד הוא יעבור קצתי מלדחות את הקץ בתירוצי היגיון אני רוצה חולם דורש משיח היום משיח היום 
Shai Rebo here on a jam in the AM Wednesday morning. If you missed our election analysis with Yossi Baumel, you'll have an opportunity on the archives later on, NahumSiegel.com, and of course on the NSN app. Plus, of course, the link will be included in today's daily thread. If you don't get the daily thread, just uh, write to Avrami, AF at NahumSiegel.com, AF at NahumSiegel.com. Shlomo Katz before that with both Ashrenu and Shirulo, and I guess what we'd call a two for Tuesday here at JM. In the AM, Peter Burkowski is with us live via telephone. Those of you who have been longtime listeners of JM in the AM know that Peter has been instrumental in getting the New York City Marathon minion to the point of uh, where it is today, and we'll discuss where it is today. I, I guess uh, for those who remember a time when there was no kosher food in stadiums and arenas, you also remember a time when it was the very beginning of the New York City Marathon minion. Now, believe it or not, uh, the uh, Marathon minion is uh, in its 38th year, as hard as that is to believe. Peter Burkowski, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. I just finished watching your ride with Rabbi Klibanoff, so I feel as though I've just spent a half hour with you. <laughs> I appreciate that very much. <laughs> thank you. That was a lot of fun, and I thank Rabbi Klibanoff again for that lovely afternoon. So, Peter, uh, it's a it's a New York City marathon that now features many, many more tens of thousands of people than it used to, and it's a New York City marathon uh, that features a a uh, systematic way for people to be able to daven shachris on Sunday morning, November the 6th, very different than it was years back when all of this started. That's true. So what's new at this year's marathon? Well, this year, the New York Roadrunners uh, has decided to dedicate this year's race to the memory of Fred Lebo, ah. father of the New York City Marathon. Right. Uh, it's the 30th anniversary of his running in the marathon with Greta, Greta Waits when he was in remission from cancer. Right. I've written and uh, spoken extensively, even on your show, about what Fred meant to the Jewish running community. He was a man, an unusual man of bold ideas. He was a childhood Holocaust refugee from Transylvania, went to work in the Garment Center, and for recreation, he rode the wave of road running that was sweeping the country. That was back during the Back to the Parks movement in the John Lindsay years. Right. In 1970, as president of the New York Roadrunners Club, he inaugurated the New York City Marathon, which was then just four loops around Central Park, and it drew all of about 127 entrants. And then, only six years later, he comes up with this bold idea. He went to City Hall and said, Mayor Beam, I'd like you to shut the city down for a day so I can stage my marathon through the streets of all five boroughs. Well, of course, the police and fire chiefs thought he was completely wacko. But Fred somehow persuaded the city fathers to give it a try. And today, 46 years later, we have one of the most famous sporting events in the world, drawing more than 50,000 participants 
bringing millions in annual revenue to the city and at least for a week unifying the diverse neighborhoods of the city like no other event. Could Fred possibly have imagined the ripple effect his bold idea would have on the city and the running world at large? I like to compare my oldest brother, Paul, to Fred. He was also a big ideas person. Paul and Fred were contemporaries. I don't think they ever met, but they had a lot in common. Both born in 1932. Both spent all their working years in New York City. Both died young in their 60s. Fred in 1994, Paul four years later. Their yard sites are one day apart, this past Shabbos and Sunday. Paul was in the theater business, managing and producing plays. He came up with a bold idea of compiling an exclusive mailing list of every educational institution, public and private, within a 100-mile radius of Times Square. He called it the School Theater Ticket Program. And through this program, over the course of 40 years, he sent out millions of discount coupons to students and teachers, thus introducing generations of young people in the greater New York area to legitimate theater. And in doing so, he was able to put bodies into seats, thus extending the run of hundreds of Broadway and off-Broadway shows, and that kept thousands of theater people employed in a very tenuous livelihood. I can't imagine Paul, in his wildest dreams, could have foreseen at the start the widespread effect this bold idea would have had on so many lives in the entertainment industry. And Nachum, I would put you in that category as well. Many years ago, you took over a struggling morning radio show on a small, now-defunct college campus, and you turned it into an internationally acclaimed enterprise that touches lives daily all over the Jewish world. Could you possibly have imagined then what you created? My point is, we are all capable of dreaming up bold ideas, but how many of us actually run with them? like Fred did, like my brother Paul did, like you did. And on a much more limited scale, that's what my minion has become. Rabbi Michaels and I came up with this idea in 1983, intended primarily as an accommodation for New York City marathoners who might need to say Kaddish in the morning. Right. And yet, thank God, over the past four decades, very few of the thousands who have come to this minion are saying Kaddish. They just happen to be runners who want to daven or just want to hang out with other Jewish runners from around the world before starting the world's most famous road race. In keeping this minion alive, my co-director Yisroel Davidson and I have extended a project that has touched a lot of Jewish lives in many ways. Families and lasting friendships trace their start to our minion. And I'll never know how many runners who step inside our tent and ask to put on tefillin for the first time have had their lives go off in a new direction. These are things I never could have imagined. Yeah, those so, those are the uh, those are the uh, new this year. those are the fringe benefits of having the minion there. Is that people who uh, would not normally be at a minion or even have ever put on tefillin uh, get the opportunity to do so, which is such a beautiful aspect of the entire thing. The core of it, of course, is as you mentioned, the uh, ability to give uh, the uh, the the runners who want to daven shachris or want to say Kaddish an opportunity to do so. It used to be, at least to us, the observers. I'm not a uh, I'm not a runner. I just 
observe what you guys are doing. Uh, it, it, it used to be, you know, one location, one minion, coordinating Talos and Phil and et cetera, but it's become much bigger than that, right? The system is bigger at this point, Peter. It's, uh, we have our own tent. Uh, we have rolling minions that start at 7 o'clock. As soon as one is finished, another one starts because the, the race is so big that they spread the start out over several waves over several hours. Right. And I have two hopes, uh, two wishes, Nahum. First, I hope everybody will be paying attention to the Haftarah this Shabbos. It's Parshish Lech Lecha, which often coincides with the marathon, with marathon right. week. And in the opening paragraph is a phrase that's become the motto of our minion. For those who trust in Hashem, says the prophet, Yarutsu v'lo yigau. They shall run and not be weary. <laughs> and thousands of our participants in our services over the years from six continents and virtually every state in the Union appreciate and draw inspiration from those words, especially around the 20-mile mark. And that's why... <laughs> when it's impossible <laughs> to keep running. that's why, to my knowledge, all my millionaires always finish the race. And my second wish, Nachum, is I hope that one of these years, maybe two years from now for our 40th, you'll consider doing a remote broadcast and experience for yourself the uniquely Jewish atmosphere at historic Fort Wadsworth on Marathon Morning. I'll meet how many millionaires? How many people do you think will take advantage of your services this week? We'll probably have about 200 people altogether. And you are, uh, as opposed to the old days where you literally would bring people's talus and tefillin to the finish line, you no longer do that, but you have ample provided. ample tefillin, talasis, durham. I mean, you, you know how much you need in order to prepare for this, right? Yes, we have a team of 12 volunteers this year, and uh, we're all prepared. I'm, going, uh, I'm doing my walkthrough at Fort Wadsworth today, um, and we'll be ready. Fill and in. again, Mazel Tov on, your, on the marriage of your daughter, Nahum. Appreciate that very much. Normally, you and I would speak probably this coming Friday, but I'm not here, of course. I'm at the Ofrofez, Rat Hashem. Tefillin, Talesim, Sidurim will all be provided. Okay, that's really important for those and, of you. And kosher snacks and, and everything that people need. Amazing. The kosher, what do they call those? Uh, um, what do they call the... Uh, those um, <laughs> those little things that, uh, that the runners... Health bars. The health, bar. health bars. But there's another thing. Is it a gel pack or something? What, what's, is that what it's called? It's... Uh, they'll have those. They'll have <laughs> health bars. They'll have, um, we'll have drinks. Everything that people need. Way different than a 1983, huh? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Information about the Marathon Minion for the New York City Marathon this Sunday. Information. You can speak with Yisrael Davidson, 646 Three five one. You can get in touch with Peter Burkowski. Peter Burkowski spelled the way it sounds. Peter Burkowski with a Y at the end at gmail.com. Peter Burkowski at gmail.com. Or you can contact Peter by dialing 973-477-7908. And we wish you good luck this Sunday, Peter. It's an amazing tradition and a fantastic way for Jews around the world to unite before the big race on Sunday. Thank you, Nachum. It's always a pleasure. More coming up. You're listening to a uh, Wednesday morning edition of JM in the AM. Again, a reminder, Mayor Fertig tomorrow, Matis on Friday. Uh, we'll be at the uh, offer of celebration of my uh, future son-in-law, Eitan Zuckerman, in Chicago. Bezrat Hashem. Looking forward to saying hi to our Chicago listeners uh, this coming uh, weekend. 
And, um, and yes, I will, for those who are concerned, and it seems that there are more than one who are concerned, I will be back Sunday for the 10 yacht event. 10 yacht has given me the honor. And I mean that seriously of hosting their incredible, uh, a live stream concert presentation. It's more than a concert. It's a, it's a show. It's a real show this coming Sunday night. And I know, I know a lot of people around the world are going to be watching. Uh, so I will be back Bezrat Hashem to host that on Sunday night. And I'm very much looking forward to helping to support a great cause like Tenyad. More coming up. It's JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. with um, Levi Cohen and Nikudat Tova. Od Yisham Adam by Derech Achim before that. And Simcha Leiner had Va'ata Morom. We'll wrap it up with Uri Davidi and Ribona Maasim. You're listening to J.M. in the A.M.
Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world, the web, and NachumSingle.com and the NachumSingle Network, and of course, any beloved NSN app. My thanks to Dean Schmidman. My thanks to um, Peter Burkowski. My thanks to Yossi Balmo for the election coverage from Israel. My thanks to all of you for tuning in. Mayor Furtick tomorrow, Matis on Friday, will be at the Zuckerman uh, Simcha, Eitan's uh, Ofruf, this coming Shabbos in Chicago. As uh, we get set for the big wedding next week, thanks everybody for all the Mazel Tov wishes. Much appreciated. Yossi Zweig with a Wednesday live lunch coming up at 11 a.m. Eastern time. And um, and plenty more all day long right here at the Nahum Siegel Network, so stay tuned. Have a fabulous Wednesday. Till tomorrow, actually, till next time, Nahum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.